Glory, glory, Sacramento, and welcome to the 916 Republic Podcast. I am your host, Nolan. This has been a busy couple of weeks for me personally, and so I have been unable to join the boys to record our weekly show. But I just wanted to take a moment and share with everyone in the 916 Republic community how excited and encouraged I am by Sacramento's most recent 2-1 win over the Portland Timbers 2. Watching the SRFC Academy products, Mario Panagos and Julian Chavez getting it done and scoring their first USL championship goals in a game where goals were desperately needed is easily a top three moment for me as a Sacramento Republic fan. I now know why diehard fans of top European clubs get so excited when Academy products break into the first team. It really is just such a pure, exhilarating experience to watch players stepping up and winning games for the club that they belong to and were developed by for so many years. I'm so excited to watch Mario and Julian, as well as Rafa Juaregui and Hayden Sargis continue to drive the Republic forward during this insane COVID-19 season. With that, all that's left for me to say is congrats to these guys. Scott and Zach, thank you for continuing to put out quality 916 Republic content. I love you. And I hope everyone enjoys the rest of the show. Glory, glory, Sacramento! Hello, and welcome to the 916 Republic podcast. And for the first time in over a year and a half, Scott forgot the intro. And we just kind of sat here and and looked at each other very awkwardly. Well, okay, so we were just talking about the intro. Like, that's (laughs) that's kind of the thing we end with, like, in our our pre-show. You got the intro? Yeah, I was like, okay, like, what, what... Let's just wrap up with the intro, right? And I was like, Zach, you got the intro? He was like, yep. And I was like, cool. And then I just like press record. And I was like, <laughs> looking at him like, are you going to talk? Because <laughs> I feel really dumb. Look, it's it's 112 degrees outside right now. And I think we're- It's not we're just cold a in this loopy. room either. It's it's not great. No. No. It's it's also stuffy. It's a little small. Yep. But uh, it's good for sound. And Scott, how you doing? How you doing this afternoon? You know, I'm I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, it- it is hot, yeah. but it's not quite as smoky as the past, uh, yeah. but it is kind of smoky. It just it comes and it goes. It does come and go. But, you know, I, overall, I think I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing quite swell. Uh, okay. <laughs> Weston McKinney. Oh, one we're of just my, hopping right into it. Okay. One of my favorite U.S. men's national team players. He's I, like A couple years ago, I remember when... Um, he had kind of like really bursted onto the scene. He was always an important part of our academy and, and the U19s, U23s, like moving up. And and the year he played um, for, uh, not Hertha Berlin. Why, why am I? Schalke. Schalke. I get those mixed up. Schalke. He had, the year he had played like nine positions on the field, I was like, dude, this guy is legit. And I remember watching a couple games and he would – he. Yeah, I think he had played it. He he would like play a game as a center back. He play a game as a, a six a defensive midfielder. He play a game as a fullback. He play a game as, as a winger. I was like, dude, this guy's amazing. And this year, he through COVID just showed some amazing form. So much so that Juventus over in Italia <laughs> decided to uh, pick him up for a five million dollar. Um, one-year loan with the option to buy. And so he will be most likely fighting for that kind of first midfielder off the bench role. Yeah, probably. And 
which has a lot of minutes. And just to be clear, uh, if you don't know kind of how soccer mechanisms work, so there's you know a few ways you can get signed to a team, right? You're in their academy, and they you know officially register your name, you know, with your uh, as a club, right? So you, they just basically sign you, right? Then you could you know not have a contract they sign you as a free transfer that's called just it's called a free like yeah. oh if you hear somebody say like oh yeah like we got him agent. on a free yeah like a free agent exactly in basketball or baseball yep. whatever sport right like american sports yeah soccer works a little bit differently in that if you are under contract so zach plays for sacramento republic as we now know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh he's got a deal from uh, coach briggs himself right? he is under contract uh but my team wants to buy him uh, i have to pay sacramento for his rights to come play for my team. And yeah. then Zach and I sit down and we talk about how mm-hmm. much I'm going to pay him and what, how much he wants to play and where he wants to play and all that kind of stuff. I'm so, a hot commodity, guys. You are, you, I'm a hot commodity. It's very true. So the the last option that's also very common is a loan, right? So technically, uh, Schalke still owns Weston McKenney, mm-hmm. but they're saying, hey, we're going to let you borrow him for this upcoming season, this upcoming one 20, year. Yep. 2020, 2021 season. Yep. That's one season, so it, it'll probably end in like June, right? Like yes, something like will, that. It will end in June, and that just that one year rental of Weston McKenney cost Juventus five, five million. million euros or whatever yeah. it is, which is a big deal. That's yeah. a good amount for a loan. Now, Zach, I don't know if you saw this, but there's there's an automatic purchase qualifier in this contract yep. with Schalke and Juventus that yes. if Juve makes the Champions League, they it automatically triggers that Juventus is going to transfer. They're going to buy Weston McKinney from Schalke. Yeah. Um, I haven't Googled it, Yeah, but I think the last time Juventus weren't in the Champions <laughs> League was like a decade ago yeah. or more. Yeah. So yeah. it's basically... It's basically a formality with like, they're going to get their money next year. Yeah. Basically, they'll get their money next yeah. year. And it, it protects Juventus in a couple ways. One, if it's a terrible season under new coach Andrea Perlo, if it's a terrible season and they don't make the Champions League, then they have the option to say, okay, well, we actually can't afford to buy Weston McKinney. So, mm-hmm. you know, we dodged a bullet there. But <laughs> most likely they happened. will buy <laughs> Weston McKinney because yeah. they most likely will make the Champions League, which I think in Italy it's the top four spots. So, yeah, it Juventus is. have won like the past like seven years or something. like The it's league, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, why do this? Why, if you're Juventus, why do this? It It's very simple. It's financial fair play. And it's basically you... Europe, right, as a, uh, a an organization for football, UEFA, uh, say that you have to have, you can only have so much debt to income ratio, right? So um, paying $5 million now and $18 million next year just kind of helps offset the books a little bit for Juventus. That's really all it is because they're almost guaranteed that Champions League spot. So mm-hmm. if you saw this loan to possibly buy and that kind of made you worried that Juventus is like, oh, they're not sure about him. No, they are very they're very sure about him. They just needed the deal to be right for them financially. And shocker too. They get, after all this COVID stuff and after a poor season, they get a little money now. And and next year they'll get a little bit more money. That's actually, I, I didn't even think about it from the Schalke perspective that you get, you do get money now to mm-hmm. go you know, reinvest somewhere money now and money later, but you get a good chunk next year exactly. to where if Weston does come back, you're fine because you get Weston McKinney back. But if he doesn't, yeah. you get another 18 or so million euros yeah. to go buy another midfielder. Um, and, and last thing I think about this, Weston McKinney, as we said, plays that defensive midfield role. The player that played that last year was Blaise Matuidi, who's now in major league soccer. 
And if you look yeah. at their midfielders, there's really nobody that plays that position. So Weston McKinney could be primed to play a lot of minutes this year. He could. Probably more toward the second half, though. And in an, in an interview in his um, Welcome to Juventus interview, mm-hmm. uh, he specified that he sees himself as an eight. He sees himself as a box-to-box. And he even went a step further and said, these are talks that me and the manager have had together. And just as much as I see my strengths and my skill set fit best as an eight, um, which is that that box-to-box midfielder that... Uh, They're kind of all over the place. It's the Drew Skundrick role. Exactly. There you go. Um, he sees himself as that, and, and the manager also sees him as that. Um, so, I mean, Okay, see. so that, that makes me think that he is going to play maybe less minutes. I think he will play less minutes this year. I think I think he still has a legitimate shot at being that first eight off the bench. Yeah. And just to you know, just to kind of tell people why this is important. First of all, he's an American. We are Americans. First American to yeah. ever sign with Juventus. Yep. Um that's that's important, but if you look at just the future of the US men's national team, we have Weston McKenney at Juventus, which if you think, you know, maybe he breaks in you know, over the course of a couple years to really carve out a role for himself and prove himself. You have Weston McKinney, you know, playing regularly at Juventus. You have Tyler Adams playing regularly at uh, RB Leipzig. You have Gio Reyna, who's potentially, again, doing the same thing at Dortmund for now before they, you know, maybe sell him on. Mm-hmm. Those are three central midfielders. Teenager, yeah. yeah, three central midfielders that are playing at Champions League's yes. teams. Yeah. And then not only that, you, you can, you know, look at, other players that are potentially playing for Champions League team as well, like Tim Weah, Timothy Weah with Le- finally uh, back Leo. after injury. Yep, finally healthy. Pulisic at Chelsea, uh, Dest maybe at Ajax. He just lost his starting spot. Yep, yep. yep. Um, and I know we were going to touch on that actually. Yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I don't know what happened because the, I think I don't know what it is. The man was had a solid. I mean, it seemed like a really solid, concrete starting spot. I wonder, I do wonder if all the transfer speculation that went on soured the manager a little bit. Could be. Um, but is it at least something worth keeping an eye on? However, he's still at Ajax. That's a big club for the U.S. I mean, that's a huge player. He's definitely a starter um, for the top flight team. Yeah, and a player that we didn't even write down, but this just happened within the past day. Reggie Cannon, right back for FC Dallas, has yeah. moved to Boa Vista in uh, Portugal. And nobody knows anything about Boa Vista unless you're like Portuguese and you follow Primera League, the Primera Liga, I think is what it's called in Portugal. Um, yeah. So there's the top three teams that you've heard of probably if you follow European soccer. FC Porto, uh, mm, Sporting yeah. Club C- Sporting C- Club to Portugal or Sporting Lisbon. Um, and then, uh, ooh, last one. It's Benfica. There we go. Ah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are the top three clubs. Outside of that, Boa Vista is the most successful club. Now, again, it's kind of like, well, you're the fourth most successful. It's like you're yeah. kind of the first loser type of thing. Like, yeah. you're good, but you're not. You're not in that conversation. But they have a relationship with Lille in France, who are becoming a regular Champions League team mm-hmm. uh, out of uh, Ligue 1. So I think the idea is Reggie Cannon is going to Boa Vista to be prepared to move to Lille because Lille are thinking they're selling their right back in about a year. Mm -hmm. Um, He's pretty good. So they're going to sell him and they need a replacement. Um, And the reason, and this deal was basically done, like he's moving, but the thing holding it up was um, Boa Vista and Lille 
we're trying to figure out who's actually buying Reggie Cannon. Is he being bought by Boa Vista in Portugal with this handshake agreement that he's going to move to Lille in the future? Or is Lille buying him and they're loaning him to Boa Vista? So uh, this is this is good news all around. It's There's good, good news, news still developing, but very team. good news, yep. yes. So, so that's your little U.S. men's national team update. Yeah, and that's probably the biggest update you're going to get for a while because yeah. COVID uh, games aren't really being played, and the U.S. doesn't play meaningful games <laughs> yeah. until like March, March of 2022 Oof. or something. Like it's or uh, sorry, like 21. October of 2021. It's yeah. it's pretty far. Like when they actually yeah. start World Cup qualifying because of how highly. Yeah. Well, we have the Olympics next summer. Yeah, is that going to get played? I saw something that it's we'll like going to get. Yeah, so <laughs> I, so for World Cup qualifying, the yeah, senior team yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's quite a bit of ways. Yeah. All right, let's move on because we spent a good amount of time on the U.S. men's national team. Uh, the Oakland Roots, if you've heard of them, they are a NISA team, um, another third division league besides the USL League One is a NISA team or the NISA, which is the national ooh I should have looked this up it's a soccer league um, <laughs> third division soccer yeah third division soccer league Oakland probably has one of the best brandings and best attendance in that league um, besides Detroit and a report came out a day ago two days ago maybe by the time you're listening to this um, that they are moving to the USL championship next year so they're going from a third division league up to a second division league. So just on perception, I think that's a good look for them. It's bad for Nisa because they're losing a strong team. One of the, yeah, if not the strongest, yeah. If not the strongest. And uh I think this makes a lot of sense if you're Oakland. You have Sacramento right there for a couple years. Uh you have the relationship between USL and Major League Soccer. So San Jose's right there. Mm-hmm. Sacramento in the future is going to be right there. Reno is not that far. Not maybe five and a half OC? hours. Really not that far. Yeah, either. all of the Southern California teams, right? So yeah. LA Galaxy two, uh, Orange County, Vegas is right there. Yeah. Um, this San makes Diego. a lot of sense geographically. Yeah. In terms of travel costs, where if you look at Nisa, a lot of the teams are on the East Coast, so they're flying. Eventually, they would be flying. I think this year they're playing like a division, but um, yeah. So this makes a lot of sense for them. They got some flack on Twitter just because there's this perception of you're leaving this independent league that's trying to do soccer differently in the U.S. and kind of joining up with the man, air quotes, the man, right? You're selling out. Yeah, you're, you're selling out because it's more stable. Uh, you could look at it that way. If, if you're inclined to, you could also say that they're making a solid investment in their future. Uh, so... I think I think it's good for American soccer. Yeah, if if they come into Major League Soccer and now they have all of these requirements of, okay, well your stadium has to be a little bit better. You have to have some sort of uh, youth structure that's greater than just we have some kids over for training once a month type of thing, mm-hmm. and you have to be able to show that you're you're meeting requirements of a second division team, not a third division team. Yeah. So. In all, I think this is smart for Oakland, uh, and it hurts Nisa a little bit. I think smart for Oakland, hurts Nisa, but overall, good for American soccer. You moving up into, well, you moving up into the second division soccer is obviously better. And you and it comes along with, there's going to be more eyes, just naturally. And there'll be better marketing for you. Exactly. And it's just better. 
I, I 100% for agree. American soccer. Octavio Guzman, former Sacramento, Sacramento Republic midfielder. I think he used to play for Oakland. Yes, I don't think he does he's anymore. A former, yep. And another thing that's good for American soccer, uh, Brady Scott <laughs> was yes. loaned in to Sacramento from Nashville SC of Major League Soccer. This is yeah. a player that uh, was the part-time-ish starting goalie for the USU-20s at the World Cup. Uh, and he was the full-time starting goalie, I think, for the U-20s at the CONCACAF U-20 Championship. So that's that's the the qualifying tournament for the U-20 World Cup. He won the Golden Glove Award there. Big so he deal. had a good tournament there. Uh, had a, a shutout against Mexico in the final, so that's impressive. He was with FC Köln in uh, the Bundesliga. Never made an appearance with the first team. Played primarily with the 19s and yeah. made like a handful, like 20 appearances over like three years with Cologne 2. Um, so he didn't really make it at that level in Germany. I think Cologne 2 play in the fourth division. Um, so he's coming back. He came back to Nashville, signed with them, and then loaned out after the Adam Grinwis injury to Sacramento. I think this is maybe a bit bigger of a signing in terms of he has pedigree at the U20 level and for his career, I don't know why you would come to a place in Sacramento unless Sacramento says you have a legitimate shot to start. It's 50, yeah. 50 between you and the guy that's here, Rafa Diaz. Yeah. If you're better than him, if you show in, you know, over the course of two weeks of training that you're better than him, we'll give you the start. But Rafa Diaz is are playing really well right now. He's on fire. Yeah. Like, let's be honest. The, believe he's played five games in a row now i think so um he is allowed three goals in five games that's not bad that is amazing yeah it's been a big part of why we are five and zero in our last five games yeah and i don't think brady scott was on the bench last game i don't think so either so it's like that time is still to come yeah whether or not you know like like what it looks like at that goalie position whether or not there's a battle there which i assume there will be yeah i mean i don't know why you bring him in with his pedigree. I mean, why can't why I mean, if you're Brady Scott, you just got to Nashville. Yep. Like you might as well just keep training with Nashville. Yeah. So, what's the unless you're going to start. So, definitely something we will keep you updated on. All right, let's get into the Portland Timbers review. I feel like a broken record. I sit here every week and I'm like, "Let's do the Portland Timbers review." I'm really honestly so tired of playing Portland. <laughs> I'm so tired of it. Um and, and for that reason, you know what? I'm just going to I'm gonna briefly go through the first 80 minutes of the game. So he was on the bench. I just looked he it was up. he was on the bench. Yeah. Okay, all right. Obviously, he didn't play. Didn't play. Um, we have a game Wednesday and Saturday. It'll be very telling this week as to you know what we're doing with the goaltender position. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely be looking out for that. Um, but with this Portland game, so just a lot of the same going through the majority of the game. A lot of good chances. Aren't able to finish team seemed to lack concentration at times seemed dull at times seemed to lack energy at times uh all things we've seen for forever now lots of the same awasa has struggled so fast forward this well just just really quickly just to illustrate this and by the way you could if you want to know how the first half went just go listen to our previous two episodes that's (laughs) how it went literally and I'll illustrate it with this example. Seven shots, zero on target. Yep. Seven shots in the first half. Yeah. Zero on target. Now, 
it's not because they were bad shots. They were very, actually, most of them were very good shots yep. that should have been on target. Mm-hmm. The only one I think it's a pass is Sam Werner because his shot was actually quite difficult. Other than that, we should have easily had two goals. Yeah, just, just, same just by old, law same of old. averages, we should, should have had two goals. Same old, same that's old. How, that's genuinely how bad it was. Yeah, Might have been the worst half this season in terms of missed chances. Finishing, yes. Yeah. Uh, and Timbers still had a you know, couple counters, couple chances. Rafa stayed strong. And and so that that game is 0-0. This game is 0-0 all the way up. Um, past the 81st minute, but the 81st minute is very important. Mm-hmm. In that minute, both Mario Panegos mm. and Juju Chavez mm. come on to the game. Now, the, this this substitution caused an immediate spark. You could tell the energy was different, and Mario and Juju brought it. It was palpable. And I'll tell you, maybe two minutes into the game, Juju had gotten the ball. And and it was just, just that, like, when you see somebody get the ball and you have that, like, almost, like, shortness of breath, like, uh, what is he going to do? He had that confidence about him immediately, which is what we've been missing, you know? And, and, and so there was some good, there's some decent passing play going on. And in the, what is it, the 87th minute, um, the ball comes to Juju. And there's some great link-up play between Juju and Skundrich and Panagos going on. And at one point, you see um, Skundrich kind of in this build-up, basically just playing, just passing the ball with Juju. I think he just wanted him on the ball. He could tell... Juju came on with a ton of confidence and threw a couple very good link-up plays, a couple very good passes in the final third. Panegos is free, makes a good move past the center back into the box and puts home an amazing goal. Yeah, and, and really quickly, because we are going to rip Cameron Awasa. Yeah, we will. But, we will. Um, I, I shouldn't say rip. It's just more the same. We're really just going to yeah. iterate the same. We're just frustrated. <laughs> but it's the ball, I think, goes out to Juju, who plays it from right to left like yeah. outside of the box yeah on the ground across to the middle top of the the half circle mm-hmm. um semicircle to cam who has a, a very nice layoff and that's it's important because cam actually pulls a center back out with him yeah that creates the space for pinagos yeah. to run into yeah so yes it's great that pinagos saw the space and ran into it but we do actually have to give cam a little bit of credit yeah. that he created that space and had a nice little layoff flick with the outside of his foot or maybe he's the inside of his right foot. I don't know. Uh-huh. Two Penegos. So Which, yeah. I, I want to praise, I, w- I want to lift the player up, you know, before we knock him down. <laughs> yes. That's all I got to say. Fair enough. Um, Slots home, a great first goal. This, so when they had come on 81st minute, there's five minutes of stoppage time that is played in this game. 15 minute. This is 15 minute slot here that these two young players play in. And in that slot, we saw their talent. We saw a little bit of their age. There were a couple very dangerous counters um, that had happened on Sacramento and caused a couple good chances for Portland. Um, Portland does score off a corner. Uh, looks It looked to me like Awasa's guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Awasa's guy to mark in the box. The ball comes in, headed to a different player, uh, and he slots it home. It looked like Awasa's guy. 
Uh, I'm pretty sure it was Awasa's guy. And so the game is 1-1. Five minutes of stoppage play. Juju, Panegos, the energy is still there. The confidence is still there. The link-up play, the passing sequences, there's... This is what separates... I won't even say... This is what separates good and great attacking teams is that ability to link up passes in the final third and to put a team on the back heel and to put a defense on the back heel and start to guess what you're going to do next. And that's what we saw a couple times, especially in that extra time, and with no, literally no time left, zero time left. Juju makes a great another great move he had been doing this now for 15 minutes multiple times makes another great move I believe on the fullback cuts in and the ball takes a deflection off the center back the goalie seems to be caught a little flat-footed as well the ball squeaks in and as they're celebrating the game ends with Penego scoring and Juju scoring both off the bench yeah and at first when I, I saw this goal my my first thought was uh, not great strike. Like you hit it right at the keeper. But then when yeah. I saw from the reverse angle, like behind the goalie, the ball that he hits has a decent amount of curve. Like it, it looks like if it's hit straight that his shot is going to hit a Sacramento player or a Timbers two player right in front of them, mm-hmm. but it, it curves around. And I think that's why the goalie might've been a little flat footed and was like, yeah. Like he's yeah. thinking, oh, I'm going to be able to catch this with my right, or, you know, it's going to yeah. hit the players in front of me. But instead, he like quickly has to snap his left hand out and it just glances off, the, I think, just the very bottom of his hand and goes in. So I actually think it was a, a better shot, especially when you consider he's falling away. Mm-hmm. It's his first shot yeah. ever. <laughs> I know. So I know. good on him. I know, bro. Like, who is this man? So, and I, I also, my, my other thought from this is, this Portland Timbers left back is bad. It's very, Garbo. very bad. It was, but he's probably only seventeen. Yeah, he's probably he's probably younger than that. Shout out, he? shout out to the Timbers coach. Got yelling him- from the sideline yeah. that his players are so young and they need more time yeah. to make decisions. But I'm um, he got he was the player that slid in on Pinegos for his goal. When Pinegos, honestly, he could have gone down and earned a penalty. Mm-hmm. Like he he didn't just trip. He did, took a big stumble. Yeah. over this player's yeah, yeah, leg. Yeah. And the ball was not touched by this Portland Timber left back. I know. Penegos could have gone down and earned a penalty. He stays on his feet and is able to get the goal. And, and slots on a very a very clinical shot. Yeah. And it's the same Portland Timbers 2 left back that is marking Juju as Juju splits him and another guy. Yeah. Takes a big touch past yeah, him and exactly. scores the goal. I, I is a bad, bad, bad day for him. It was a bad day, but that's the confidence that we need. That confidence mm-hmm. is what is lacking. And it was, you know, very obvious. And I, Ju, to see Juju playing that, like I said, it's to see a player get the ball and for you to, like, kind of hold your breath a little bit, like, ooh, what is he going to do? That was, I mean, it was immediate. He started doing that. Remember, how many minutes has he played as a senior um, Sac Republic player? Okay, so I've, I've done the math. The really? The total minutes for academy players so far this year is like 500 or like or like 600 and like 80 or something around there including including hayden Hayden and penegos 
Huaregi, and Juju. Yep, yep. Now, obviously, of those like 600 and I think it's like 640 or something like that. Yeah. 643, some, some random kind of number like that. Like 550 of those minutes are Sarge's. So there's there's only like there's only yeah like a hundred ish minutes between these three three guys yeah. and Panegos played seventy of those minutes in that opening game against Tulsa <laughs> in March so it's actually very limited minutes <laughs> for, to say the least yeah since that game since that opening game at uh, yeah. Tulsa for these three more attacking players so it's it's something like like fifty minutes between the three of them like. Yeah, and it's just recently been the past two games that uh, Penegos and Juju have been subbed on with like a decent amount of time. Not mm-hmm. like, oh, there's three minutes left, Waregi, go ahead and go on. Oh, oh, here's four minutes left, Juju, you go on. It's like, okay, no, they're being subbed on in like the 80th minute, the 81st minute. Yeah. So they they've been getting that 10 to 15 minutes. They're of getting like, a task, like going into this game. Yeah, other you're, than you're, just play. You're not like if you're subbed in with three minutes left, like you might not touch the ball. It's possible, yeah. you know. Oh yeah, if you're something with 15, like your chances go way up. Yeah, and your and chances of getting Juju multiple touches was all over that ball. Exactly, like he was on the ball. Yeah, for the first goal, like he plays it into yes. Cam, who plays yes. right, and then he's on the ball for the second. Yeah, right, and on the ball for a multitude of chances, including one he gave Awasa, who absolutely just wrecked his. Right, was a little dribbler. Right, which has become very typical of of Cam. Now speaking on minutes. With this play, are these two guys the missing link in the attack? We've had we've struggled so much with energy. We've struggled so much with um, consistency, confidence in the final third. That link up play, are they what we need? Do they off of you know what is really one very obvious, you know, uh, proof or a game um, that they've played? It does are they deserving of not only more minutes but starting spots? Yeah, okay, well, I think, first of all, we have to look at the context of who we're playing, right? It's Correct. It's Portland Timbers 2, and it was a Wednesday. Like, I don't know if they – I think they might have played the week, the, the Saturday before, the Sunday before, or something mm-hmm. like that. So maybe a little bit more rotated squad. And uh, so I, I think keeping that context in mind, like, no. <laughs> they're they're yeah. not necessarily – like, we can't just definitively say – Oh, well, these guys are it. Off of this game. Yeah, because of this, you know, these 10 minutes that we've seen them play. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're they're the answer. Because, I mean, it's yeah. not like... Juju we, is now taking BJ's spot. Yeah, it's not like we haven't seen, like, really good moments from other players, right? Yeah, true. Um, Like, we thought that Sam Werner last year was the answer, mm-hmm. and he's done not a lot this year. Nope. He's had way more limited minutes this year. Like, last year he was, like, penned oh, in starter. Yeah. Um, so I don't think you can just say, like, Boom! You've you're deserving of the starting spot. They are definitely deserving of more minutes. I would agree. Like to be fair, uh, Bijev has scored one goal this year, and it was a penalty. Um, yeah. And I don't think he has any assist. And he's definitely played way more minutes than Panegos. Oh yeah. And I mean, Panegos looked really good in that preseason game, and he looked pretty good against Tulsa. Um, so I'm, um, you know, maybe Panegos is that sub in the. 68th minute instead of Bijev and Bijev comes on in the 80th minute yeah um you know or maybe it's Juju comes on instead of Belmar yep or me and honestly I personally I think it should be pretty clear that and this is getting a little bit ahead of the conversation uh I'll just wait 
I'll just wait. You you, you might have been able to guess what I'll say, but I'll just wait. So to answer your question, Zach, no, I don't think they are definitely the answer right at this moment. And I would agree. Um, yep. I would completely agree with you. I want to see them more involved coming off the bench more consistently with more minutes. I think they have earned that, that especially in games where we need a spark, especially in games where they, we seem dull and the energy is low. They showed so much of that spark and energy and confidence. Um, so yeah, I would agree. No, we're not going to give them starting spots, but more minutes for sure. You want to talk about Cameron Watts? <laughs> um, I mean, not. Do I want? I don't to? want like, to no, talk I, about him again. It's just more of the same. He can't seem to hold up play. That's the one thing that. Not only is this, it seems he seems to be regressing. At the beginning of this season, it was oh his touch is bad. Not only is his touch bad at this point, but his hold up play seems atrocious. He cannot seem to hold up play at all. Yeah. So. Okay, so Zach's a Liverpool fan, right? And uh-huh. if you watch the Premier League, you know that Liverpool happen to be very good right now, uh-huh. uh, the past couple years, right? Particularly. And the center forward they have is a guy named Robert Firmino. Now, yep. Zach, is Firmino yeah. the best attacking player on that team? I know. No. Um, would you say he is? He, he definitely has a role, though, as oh, a center forward. Big time. Right? His role is crucial. Yeah. As a center forward in the, the system Liverpool play, you need someone that... Um, is that front man leading the press? Exactly. I think yes. Cameron Wassa is the best center forward we have at that. Yes, I would in agree. In terms of like, I would agree. Uh, like we said, all like there's a ton of possession one in the final third. I'm actually going to talk about that more in a, in a second. Yeah. With Orange County, Cameron Wassa is the best center forward we have at that. So if he can Agreed. do more things, like you know laying off a little pass to slip in a player. Um, if he can do more things like pull center backs out of positions, if he exactly. can be still very good at leading that press. I could see a reality where he becomes a bit more of a space creator and defensive center forward and, you know, gets the occasional goal. And, yeah, you know, in this system, maybe the pressure doesn't need to be on him to score goals and create chances out of nothing. Exactly. You know, maybe maybe I'm we're just seeing something where it's like he doesn't need to be a great finisher. Now, he still needs to finish and he arguably should have way more goals than he does. But yeah, I, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, we're talking about missing link just before yeah. um, we're saying like his touch isn't there. We can say a lot of those things about, you know, a lot of the other players as well. So, um, yeah. you know, I, I think he's probably still going to be the forward, the starting forward um, for the rest of this season and probably next season as well, because, why bring in another player if this guy just needs to improve on one thing, if he just needs to get his head right so he can score? Yeah, I think. Uh, or get his head right so he can play, hold up play. Yeah. This, you brought up Bobby Firmino. Liverpool is one of, if not the best teams in the world right now with one of, if not the best attacking three in the world. Bobby Firmino is their striker. He's their number nine. He's a low. He, he sits lower. He's their striker. He yeah. scored nine goals last year. Exactly. For a historic year for Liverpool. He scored nine goals. That's it. It was a single digit. But what did the wingers do? But what did the wingers do? What did the fullbacks do? Exactly. What did what did even the midfielders? What did the midfielders do? He had nine goals. He had eight assists. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's so if I think for us, we're at a point with Cameron Wassa where it's like, just give us something. If it's not goals, give us some link up play. Give us some hold up play. 
and he's not able to do that. Let's end this review on a happy note, though. Yeah. Juju puts that goal home as they're celebrating, maybe five seconds into celebrating. The game is called. Um, the game ends two to one with Juju's goal. It's literally the last touch of the ball. Yeah, it was, yes. And we see Coach Briggs come over to the celebration huddle and start jumping and smiling and, and, and celebrating with the team. Very cool moment. Uh, again, like these are just good camaraderie things I like to see in a coach. I, I was I was very happy to see that. It made me happy, warmed my heart. <laughs> um, and, and despite a maybe not so great performance, we come away with a with a W. Um, and there's there are bright spots to be had, especially with those young guys. All right. Well, and, and really quickly, I was talking with Nolan about that earlier this week. Obviously, he's not here again. We said he's not going to be here for a little bit. Um, and he was saying, like, I, for the first time, understand the significance of having an academy player score yeah. for your team. Yeah. Like, you know, we watch, you know, European soccer. We watch other teams. And we've never, I, I don't think, had that sensation. I, at least I haven't, like, as closely like been been so closely uh, connected to a team to understand like oh like the, this guy's from our city or or like the area yeah and you know he's now playing for the first team like having that you know yeah. uh, a storyline it's I a guess. heartwarming storyline yeah so I I think that makes the moment and it's even a team better building storyline yeah. and like think if you know, if someone like Bijev or Belmar, like if they score that goal, yeah, people are going to be excited, but are they going to run over and tackle them? Exactly. No, probably not. To the ground. You know, exactly. is Rower going to run up to him and, you know, just like embrace him? No, probably not. Yeah. Not not in the same not way. Not the w- same way. Exactly. Yeah. So, exactly. so really quickly, Zach, before we hit Orange County, I know the season still has six games left. Yeah. And we've talked about, you know, there's like... We have struggles at the forward position, and honestly, out wide as well. But mm-hmm. next year, I'm looking forward to next year because th- these yeah. are the, this is the first season that we can genuinely say there's probably a lot of we can tell a lot of uh, the players that are going to be coming back, right? Yep. They're either on multiple year contracts or they're like academy guys or whatever. Next year, yeah. Speaking specifically of Juju, if he progresses with these last six games of the season or, you know, just does the same thing, comes on for the last 15 minutes, 10 minutes and does well, he doesn't have to score again, but just does well. Do we maybe let go of a guy like Carlton Belmar and say, okay, this fourth winger spot or wide midfielder, that's now Juju, right? Mm-hmm. Whether we sign him to a first yeah. team deal or just keep him on an academy contract, doesn't really matter to me, but we just say, okay, we're carving this space out for Juju, just like we did with, Hayden Sargis, like there's four center backs on the roster, mm-hmm. one of which is Deco Keenan, who's a player coach who looks to be more of a coach now, and then there's Thomas Hilliard Arce and Matt Mahoney and Hayden Sargis. Like you're basically giving that third center back spot to Sargis and saying this is yours, and if you don't earn starting, you don't earn the starting spot, but you're on the bench, and you're going to get minutes, and, and you have an opportunity to earn that yeah. starting spot. Do we feel like things might be trending that way, not just because Juju scored a goal, but because? the other wingers we have just haven't produced. I think yes, for a multitude of reasons. First of all, just from a business perspective, it's a smart business move. Mm. It's a smart business move to have an academy kid come up, a local kid come up. Financially, it's 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 better. 
Um, for so many business reasons, practical reasons, it makes sense. From a skill perspective, we have to remember that the these are not the first... This is not the first batch of academy players that have shown talent. Mm-hmm. We've had we've had a couple academy players go over to Europe. So true. It's it's and that's and that was because they didn't stay. They went to Europe because they were good enough, and we were a USL team with and, no promise of an MLS team. And we didn't even give them really an opportunity to play. So yeah. I mean, we have to say, you know, and I would say that may have been twofold. I think maybe. This isn't a team that's going at the time. This is this is a Division Two American team that's not going to the MLS. Mm-hmm. And for years we've tried to get an MLS bid and we haven't yet. These players are very skilled. Not only are they good enough at the MLS level, but they might even be better than that. They're gonna go, and yeah. I think that might be a mutual thing. Now we have an MLS bid. Now we have the future to be thinking about. Not only do we have that, but those players have that as well. They have the opportunity here. And so from that perspective, I think, yes, we have to keep these players here. And yes, we have to give them legitimate, legitimate opportunities to not only have minutes, but to become core members of this future MLS squad. Yeah, I I agree. And I think now moving, you know, more uh, for like the Orange County game on Wednesday and the Reno game on Saturday, if you are that winger or that forward or player that hasn't produced and you just saw a 17 year old i think juju is or maybe he's maybe he's i can't i think he's 17 i think he's 17 yeah you just saw a 17 year old score a game winner and you just saw Pinegos, who's 18 you know uh score a break a tie a pretty nice first minute that pressure is now 87. on you a bit more to where you know like okay the name i'm just using is belmar because he really hasn't done much that i've been yeah. impressed with you've got six games yep, same important games you know sacramento is trying to finish first in this group so they can host a playoff game you've got six games to show that you deserve a spot on this team next year yeah because you didn't do anything (laughs) in the first 10 yeah so you've got six more and that's unfortunate in the terms of like 16 games is half of a regular season less than half of a normal season so you know you can you can have a 10 game bad run but then you can have a 20 game good run and it's like okay that makes sense Mm -hmm. to stay but now you've only got six so the fire has been you know, lit. If Belmar's going to do something, he's got to do it now. Do if, it now. You know, if BJ's going to do something, he's got to do it now. Sam. If, if Sam Warner's going to do something, he's got to do it now. Formella. For, yeah, for, like scoring four goals against Tacoma. I'm sorry, like that's just not up to and Sacramento's that's level. It? Yep, yeah, exactly. So if you're going to do something, you got to do it yep. now. So thinking with doing it now, let's talk about Orange County for a second. And in my research of Orange County statistically they <laughs> yeah. look very similar to sacramento yeah, right so yep. uh if you look at points i think they have 18 sacramento has 21 so that's pretty close right there um defensively goals allowed both teams have allowed eight goals over um the games they've played i think they've orange county have played 10 and i think sacramento have also played 10 um clean sheets sacramento four orange county five saves per match 2.3 for sacramento 2.5 for orange county so yeah. very similar there they're yeah. They're facing, uh, I think, similar level of competition. Uh, I think Vegas is a maybe a bit not as good of a team. Um, LA have proved to be a, a bit better. Um, San Diego have proved to be a, an okay team. Yeah. Um, and then they also have uh, the juggernauts. Uh, yeah, Phoenix. So <laughs> Phoenix, yeah. Um, I think against similar-ish level. Show, 
to be fair, who have showed some weaknesses this year. They have. And they had um, a couple injury problems. Orange County but. have, I think they've played better teams in Sacramento, but yes. defensively, statistically, they're about the same. Possession, Sacramento, 50.5%. Orange County, 487 It's right there. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's a, there's teams in between them, obviously, on the standings, but it's right about there. Uh, accurate accurate passes per match, Sacramento, 330. Uh, Orange County, 229.8. That's literally the same. <laughs> uh, so, yep. you know, in terms of uh, moving the ball, they're, they're right there. Mm-hmm. Attack, same thing. Shots on target per match, Sacramento, 4.8. Orange County, 4.3. That's a little bit more statistically significant when you extrapolate that out over a season. There's more games that Sacramento has more shots on goal. Mm-hmm. Um, big chances created. Same. They're right there. Sacramento 19, Orange County 20. Big <laughs> chances missed. Same. same. Sacramento 18, <laughs> Orange County 19. So they've each missed a lot of big chances. Um, goals per match. Again, this is a little bit more statistically significant, but still very close. Um Sacramento 1.4 goals yeah. per match, Orange County 1.1. So again, Sacramento scores a little bit more, which is significant because we've found a playoff team who has scored less than us. <laughs> I know, and they're in a tight race with LA, yeah, uh, the Galaxy. They're both on 18 points. So yeah. whoever has the best finish to a season is going to get in. Um, so what's different statistically? Sacramento more possession one in the final third in the attacking third the goal that sacramento's scoring on yeah sacramento has more possessions one in that area than orange county sacramento has 69 compared to orange county's 39 so that gives you a little bit of a preview of a hint to the playing styles orange county's not going to push numbers up and try to win balls back no in the final third sacramento that's kind of part of their ethos now uh under briggs Yep. Uh, another identity. Yeah. Another note. Thomas Inavoltsen, guy that uh, uh, yes, Sacramento yes. loves. Right. Little side note here. Yeah. Came in halfway through the season last year. Signed with Orange County in the off season with a bit of drama. If we remember, yeah, he there was wanted a little, to stay. Seemed like a little bitterness. Yeah. Uh, Thomas wanted to stay, but apparently couldn't agree on a number with Sacramento. Goes mm. to Orange County, where apparently he could agree. Signed a two-year deal, and I think he's 32. So he's an older player. Signs a two-year deal. That's very good for him, but. During COVID, he went back to Denmark and hasn't been able to come back into the United States. He has been loaned to a team in Denmark. <laughs> yep. So I don't know if he's actually oh, he's gone. played for that team yeah. or if he's just training. But Yeah, it uh, could be, could be. Good for him that he's doing something, not just sitting at home. Bad for Orange County because I think they were bringing him in to be a big creative piece. Yeah, I And agree. he might be a big reason why they haven't scored as many goals. Yeah, yep. I so, agree. Um, just really quickly, they've been playing a four-four-two s- formation that you know shifts and tweaks and whatever, but but mostly sits back quite far in the box. Mostly sits back, yes, quite far, absorbs pressure and then counters. Yes, so the two forwards they have are Sean Coley. We have struggled a little bit in recent games, even against Portland. Yeah, so two forwards this is a better team than Portland. Sean Coley and uh, Darwin Jones, they're both pacey, and Sean Coley is a bigger guy. Um, Darwin Jones is a little bit smaller, uh-huh. but very quick. They so are quick. When they counter, they got two guys that can really counter and get after it. That's how they score a good amount of their goals. They've only scored 11 goals. Sean Acoli has scored five. So in this game plan of saying, okay, how do we beat Orange County? You got to shut down Sean Acoli. Yeah. If if he's not scoring, you've got a good shot that no one else is going to score. Legitimately, yes. He's literally 50% of their goals. It's they've him. played 10 games, and you take him out, they've had six goals in 10 games. Exactly. So um, that's number one. Number two, 
the second way that it seems like they score goals is from outside of the box, these long shots. They, they have some good deeper-lying midfielders, Aiden Quinn, uh, Seth Kasipley plays in the middle. There's a couple of other guys that will rotate in as well. And they can take some long shots and not get lucky. Like, it's a skill. Like, they're good at it. So you can't, uh, as a defense, you can't sit back and, and not uh, step up when the ball gets played out in front of you. So, okay, scenario. Um, Zach is a center back, right? And he's paired with uh, Hayden Sargis. And the ball is, you know, shot off of, hits Zach, and he clears it out a little bit to a player, uh, you know, further out, right? It's now then Hayden Sargis and Zach job to say, okay, move up. We have to tell the defense and the people in front of us to move take steps line. up yes. toward the ball. Yes, We can't just sit back and allow Orange County Give to them have space, space yeah. in front of the back four mm-hmm. and within decent shooting range of the goal because yeah. they'll take shots and they'll be good shots. Yep. So that's number two. Don't let those midfielders have long shots because yeah. they've scored. Um, and that will come down to center backs. That, that definitely will. Yeah. It'll come down to communication. Um which I would like to, I mean, Hayden Sargent has been so good for us. So to see him step into that um, is definitely something I'll be watching closely. And I've went back and looked at the games that they have scored multiple goals, which aren't a lot. And they've only scored two. They've never scored three goals this season. Yeah. But in the games that they've scored multiple times, it's because they've had that long shot. Right. So it's, it's something, you know, like, Oh, we scored off a corner or we scored off a counter attack. And then we have this long shot from outside the box. So if we close that down, I think we take away that second scoring option from them. And that's very big. And then lastly, um, how is Sacramento going to break down a low-lying defense? Mm, Yes. This has been a constant struggle across history for Sacramento, I think. And now we get a team that's pretty good at uh, uh, sitting deep. And wanting to do that and wanting to play a bit more on the counter. So how is Sacramento going to do that? It's going to take something like uh, Juju to Cameron Awasa to Mario Panego's type of movement that we saw last week against Portland. Except this is a better defense. Yes. They might the not get pulled out of yes. position. Exactly. Better center back. So yes. how are you going to do that? I, I think you have to capitalize on that counter press. When you do lose the ball in the final third, you got to go get it back. And again, Sacramento has played 10 games. They have 69 possessions won. So they're they're winning about seven possessions per match in the final third. And you have to think, normally when you win that possession, the defense is usually a bit out of sync, right? They thought they were good. They thought they were maybe playing out. And now they lost the ball. And, and maybe it's a bit of a scramble. You have to capitalize on those opportunities. And it's going to be a lot harder than it was against Portland. But if we can do this, if we can, if we're able to come away with a win against Orange County, it ties us with Reno. Reno has a game in hand, but it does tie us for first twenty-four points. However, a win for Orange County puts them two points away from Phoenix for number number one in their in their uh, pool play. Their their group. group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, with uh, with the same amount of games played, this is a big game and for both teams. You're saying for both teams, and 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 it's not only a big game for points, but it's a big game because when we do get to playoffs, this will be the this will be the group that we play. We'll play Group B first round in the playoffs, and it is um, definitely more than likely that we could end up playing OC Orange County. 
Um, so this game is it's a big deal for a lot of reasons. Um, and it, I think it's really important for us to come out with at least a tie. Yeah, and and another thing that's, I think, very big for us, we said, you know, Orange County is a good defensive team. Sacramento is also a good defensive team. But this past game, we saw a change at center back. We saw Thomas yeah, Elliott say not just be on the bench, but not be in the 18. <laughs> uh, yeah. And he wasn't on the injury report. I know. I'm not quite sure what's going on there. Them hips. But we saw Matt Mahoney in at center back, and I think he did good. I, I don't I don't think he um, yeah. he wowed. I think he he did his job. Yeah. Which he is didn't make mistakes. All you want from a center back. So, Zach, do, you, do we want to see Matt Mahoney in? Do we say, okay, Thomas, you got your you know, you slap on the wrist, you missed yeah. a game, you're back in there. What do you think? Um. Does it even matter? It's tough, man. No, I think it does matter because there's been a lot of good things I've seen in Hilliard Arce. There's a lot of good leadership qualities I've seen in him. He communicates well on the pitch. He's slow, man. He's a slow, He moves slow, especially against that counterattacking team. You can't move slow. You're going to need to move quick, and you're going to need to move those hips. That's, I, I mean, we joke about it. But that's legitimate, especially against a counterattacking team. Briggs is constantly yelling at him about his hips. Move your hips. Because he needs to move quickly. He needs to pivot and move quickly. And that's going to be very important against a counterattacking team. So I would like to see Hayden Partain. I'd probably, I, I think I'd like mm. to see Partain. Hayden Partain. I always do this, bro. Matt Mahoney? I always, I have for probably two years now. I have done this. Matt Mahoney and Hayden Partain. Hayden, I just miss you, bro. I just, <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> so, okay, we're saying Matt Mahoney as center back. I would back. like to see Matt Mahoney as center back. Shannon Gomez at left back. Yes. Who played well? Um, in that buildup of the first goal that we scored, he made a great move on a forward um, and was important in making that, starting that link-up play, starting those passing yep. uh, sequences. And I, I think... Um, Another thing we have we have to mention is uh, Bjev did have a little bit of a, a hamstring injury. It's not widely reported. You kind of have to go looking for it. But he was on the injury report with a hamstring injury. That's maybe why he didn't start, or maybe why he didn't play a lot of minutes, and why Ash was out on the wing. But yeah, uh, I didn't particularly see anything from Ash that I loved. I think he I is a quick player. He's a strong player. But I don't love his decision making. But yeah, then again, he's, he's raw. I think that's really what it is. He's I don't, just he's still kind of raw. Sure, uh, maybe. I, I don't also love Bijev on the wing. Yeah, for obvious reasons. So you know, do we do we want to see Formella uh, then on the left with Sam on the right? And I I, I don't know. I, I guess what the point I'm trying to make is like I don't know the answer to who's on the wing. I, I, I know, think me we just kind of got to make do with. What, what we, we got, got. And, and hope someone creates something and bring on Juju a little earlier. <laughs> I think that he's earned that. I think he's earned that. Yeah, he's earned coming on a little earlier. And if we're struggling, and also game Wednesday, game Saturday. Yeah, true. Expect maybe some rotation. Expect a a spot that you wouldn't normally see rotated to be rotated. Right. Yeah. So you know maybe row row sits if uh. Andrew Wheeler, Aminu can play a half. Maybe he sits and comes on at halftime. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, you know, maybe Roro plays 60 minutes and then Panagos comes on and someone else drops deeper, right? Um, who knows? We'll see. So expect 
something to be different. Um, and I would expect maybe one of those to be Shannon Gomez. I mean, he's maybe just now match fit, but is he two matches in five days fit? I don't know. Good point. I don't think so. Good point. So I would expect Shannon to maybe get subbed out at least one of these games, if not, just not start one. That I was going to say, I would not even be surprised if he if he was given one start out of these two games. I would not be shocked. Yeah. Um, anything else to add, Zach, on either Orange County or Reno? Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, we play Reno. This is a big week for us. Um, two wins out of this week puts us in first. Yeah, I, I think if Sacramento wants, or not wants, obviously they want to they want to be first, but if Sacramento is going to be in first place, that probably means they get six points here. Unless mm-hmm. Reno slip up against Tacoma or Portland. Yeah, uh, yeah true. E- even if Sacramento draws against Reno, well, they still have that game in hand. Yeah. And they would still be, you know, so we would have to then go beat them uh, in Reno later on in uh, September and then hope that they drop points somewhere and hope that we don't drop points. Mm-hmm. I just don't really see that happening. They just uh, yeah, put up seven goals on Portland. Uh, or, yeah, Portland. Uh, yeah, seven to uh, last week. One, seven, seven to one to or seven to two? I think it was se- seven to one. Sorry, seven to one. Seven to one. So, that again, was an ugly game. They finished their chances. Sacramento did not. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I, I would expect to see some rotation, and if Sacramento is going to get first place, that means six points this week. If they don't get six points, I think you can probably kiss first place goodbye. Yeah, I'd agree. I, if you have, if you walk away with four points, you still, it's still possible. But if if the four points is a draw with Orange County and a win against Reno, yep. you got a chance. Yep, you got a chance for sure. But uh, I would be pretty elated if we can come away with two wins from two very good clubs and i think we're five wins in a row so if we do get six points that's we are. seven wins in a row yep on a season where you only play 16 games that's not bad nine goals and three nine goals four three goals against in that five game stretch you know they're not against good teams but we have some momentum yeah and you you play who's in front of you it's not sacramento's fault that there's true. a pandemic so true all right well anything else zach before uh, we wrap it up here i think that's it yeah, I think that's it for me too. All right, we'll we will be back next week. Yes, um, I am out of town this weekend or this week and weekend, so I'm mm-hmm. not going to be able to go to either of these games, which is not fun. But oh, yeah. I think Zach, I will be there on Saturday. You'll be there for the Reno game. Yep. Wednesday game, you and Nolan are, are working, so yeah, we will watch that game. Yep. And we will definitely be talking about that game and the Reno game when we come back next week. All right. Well, as always, glory, glory, Sacramento. Sacramento.